All right, Soma, this is Brandon Shields. We are back with our teaching team here, Josh Staley, Kent Livingston, Bobby Barber, and myself. And we are introing a new series on spiritual formation that will be starting June 23rd on Scripture. And so our tagline for the series is trusting the Spirit-inspired words of God as our wisdom, our guide, and our strength for life. Um, so I want to start just by talking about why this practice is so important for the life of our church. It's the first time we've taken uh, an opportunity to do an entire series on Scripture uh, since the start of our church. Uh, it was seven and a half years ago. And um, I know for me personally, this practice around Scripture has been very transformational. Uh, I didn't read, I don't think, a page of Scripture uh, until I was about 16 or 17 years old. I uh, was discipled by my youth pastor, and he pulled me in. The first thing he did was uh, he bought me a Bible. Uh, I remember the student Bible, NIV edition. This is like 1997. And I began to meet with him and a group of guys on uh, Thursday mornings at the church. And um, I would say as a, as a guy who's kind of a naturally a researcher and a reader, I got really geeked out about kind of the, the intellectual side of reading scripture. And so uh, I think I read through the Bible a couple times uh, pretty quickly, and uh, then I remember starting seminary um, after college, and uh, our first class was on like theology and scripture. I was like, "Wow, I get to just like study scripture for a job. Like this is pretty amazing." But it was very intellectual, and so it was kind of breaking the Bible down, studying, observing, researching, looking at patterns, looking at the history behind the Bible. Um, it was really fascinating. The first book I ever went through was the book of Romans with like mm. just one of those like NIV study commentary Bibles. But I would say it's probably been in the last decade where there's been a shift from studying the Bible as information. And that's kind of the world that I came from was like having your quiet time or your devotion, which was really about studying and observing scripture to what I would say is more of a communion driven or relationally driven approach where I'm trying to intentionally engage God through scripture mm, yeah. and just spend time slowing down and learning to trust the words of scripture, to listen for the voice of God in the scriptures and the Holy spirit in the reading of scripture. And so it's, it's been really been just kind of like a whole different paradigm for how to think about scripture and how I approach the scripture, not just as something to be consumed and read, but as, as a way of engaging God mm. So I don't know, as you guys think about kind of, I mean, for me, this is deeply personal, as I'm mm -hmm. sure it is for yeah. you guys. Why do you see this as so important for the life of our churches and the places where you're pastoring currently and how you've kind of uh, encountered Scripture over the years? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it would just boot off of what you just said, that there is uh, this reality that we're not simply coming to the Bible. God didn't just simply give us the Scriptures to teach us more information or to make us smarter or uh, to give us any sort of trivia that we can uh, that, that we can understand but rather he speaks to us as a loving father speaks to his children mm, um, yeah. he gives us words so that we can know him so that we can encounter him the Bible itself tells us Jesus is the living word of God and when we come to the written word when we come to the scriptures the goal is to encounter Jesus the goal is to encounter God God in the words of Scripture, um, so that and then as we encounter Him, as we we come face to face with Him, we will inevitably be changed into His likeness. And so, when we think about formation, this is the root of formation. This is where we where we encounter uh, God as God has revealed Himself. Yeah, I mean, I like this topic not just for our churches and our and the congregation that I 
have the privilege to lead downtown, but also just for the church, the American church, for the Western church. I think everyone knows when you think about spiritual formation, probably the number one thing people know is like, well, I should be reading my Bible on some sort, like even over prayer. That's probably the one thing we know, like on a daily or, or like weekly or some rhythm, I should be in taking scripture uh, because we mainly come to faith in, in particular in our culture from like an intellectual understanding and approach towards it. But at the same time, I think we, no one knows exactly how to actually sit down and like engage and interpret scripture and how to just, you know, I, I remember just growing up and taking, you know, every night feeling like, well, I gotta like, you know, read something, you know? So I just like do the whole, like, you know, flip through the pages and stop. And well, that looks like a, a readable chunk and I'll just take that right there which was not marked by a chapter as much as it was by like little subheadings you know that had been added to help dice things up and 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 then when you like walk away I'm like okay well I think it means this and like is that is that good enough like did I just take something from scripture and I can like teach that as like the authoritative word of God like is this like a postmodern thing going on you know which obviously scripture has a literal interpretation and it has a way to engage an accurate way of, of knowing what you're actually reading and, and understanding the original culture and understanding what's coming out. But a lot of us aren't equipped to do that. I think about a conversation that I think Jen Wilkin has been like starting and like really having this idea of, uh, it was an article recently about being Bible literate versus biblical literate and biblical literate, she says, which our culture is, we understand biblical concepts because we hear them talked about in sermon podcasts or in uh, devotionals or in, uh, Bible studies, but we don't know how to be Bible literate, where we just know how to like sit down, engage through tools, the original authorial intent, and actually understand and wrestle with things that are very clear in the text, which we all agree on or unified around, and things that are, are somewhat mysterious and ambiguous and, and, and take a level of interpretation that we don't realize when a podcast or a Bible study is, is making that leap for us. But we have the ability through the spirit to understand the context, understand the authorial intent, and and say, hey, what do I think this means? And how do I hold that with humility, realizing I'm interpreting this on some level, but I can hold these other things with, with unity because these are so abundantly clear. I think this series really speaks to our current cultural moment, um, the expressive individualism that we see. I mean, everybody's out there living their own truth. Mm -hmm. um, they're pursuing their own dreams and their own reality as they see it, as what is best uh, for them. But when it comes to spiritual formation, God has not given us the responsibility to form ourselves as the way we see fit. Right. He hasn't given us the freedom just to say like, you go figure this out right. in a way that works best for you. That fits within your schedule, that fits within your framework and your own narrative. But the spirit forms us and shapes us according to the scriptures. I keep yeah. coming back to that in the Exodus series. I don't know if you do as well. It's like we're, we're freed not just to be free, but we're free to something to yeah. serve God. You know, like the the Exodus narrative is being coming up to serve God in the, uh, the wilderness. To your point, right? And and when we go to that kind of autonomous kind of living, where we have no forms, where we have yeah. no boundaries, where there's no one that is guiding and directing our life. Yeah. We're just entering into a different kind of slavery. Yes. You know, we've left right. one kind of slavery for another kind of slavery right. that is just as insidious and yeah. over time can can really 
break us down. It's slavery and, of anxiety of too many options and yeah, too many choices. And, yeah. and ultimately will we'll lead to death. Yeah. And I think that's vitally important to understand. Like, we are always being discipled in light of some narrative. Right. There is always a narrative that either is playing out in our minds or plays out from family of origin or plays out from our culture, plays out from somebody who's marketing something to you. Who am I? Who am I really? Am I my, my, my power of consuming? Am I my job? Am I my success? Uh, am I my sexuality? Am I any number of different things? There are all sorts of narratives that are shaping the way that we understand our identity. And so that's why it's so vital that we, as the people of God, as children of God, come to the scriptures and understand ourselves in light of that story. It's fascinating when Jesus goes into the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, the devil tempts him by tempting his sense of identity. Mm. He says, if you are the son of God, and three times Jesus responds with scripture yeah. because his identity is rooted in the scriptures. And so if we want to be people who, who practice the way of Jesus, who, who understand our identity as sons and daughters of God, then we've got to be rooted in the scriptures as he was. Yeah, I want to highlight that point too because it's like, the concept of like, well, I'm not forming myself in scripture. So like, I guess I'm just not being formed. And I think we've done a lot of teaching on that in the past that people know like, yeah, I guess I'm being formed by something, but maybe we don't really stop to think the amount of narrative mm -hmm. and formation that's happening primarily through the media we consume. Mm -hmm. That's just 24 seven blasting us. And so if we are not taking regular time to say, I'm going to intentionally form myself with this story, with yeah. this narrative, with this, because I believe this is the true story of creation in the world and how reality works, then it's no wonder that we're going to constantly have just a barrage of different narratives, different stories, all competing for truth in the place of what will ultimately how, you know, be what we navigate reality with the mental map or the map that we 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 walk with is to to quote uh, the concept from mark sayers or comer whoever's talked about that recently on this cultural moment uh but yeah it's it's the idea of like are we really taking time to realize how much we're formed by media in our world today specifically in this time and place in this moment in culture uh and saying i need something to not just counter that but to to redirect that and to uh, give me categories to interpret that yeah so bringing that down obviously we're talking about this at more of a cultural le level yeah. just bringing that down i mean i think most people where they live you know no i mean if you're a christian if you're a follower of jesus um and you've been in church for like 10 minutes i think you know yeah. like you know that you need to be in scripture mm -hmm. but what you know the the reality the practice of that and the daily mm -hmm. grind and like hand-to-hand -hand combat and actually getting up and getting in the scriptures yeah i mean one that's a somewhat of a privilege uh historically speaking sure. right like until a couple hundred years ago people didn't have the option of getting up and having a quiet time or reading the scripture on their own that was something you had to wait until sunday or wait until wednesday night to do uh in community with other people which yeah. is something we'll talk about in the series not have every translation on my phone right yeah. we have access that yeah. other people haven't had which in some ways probably makes it harder for mm -hmm. uh, us to do but you know what are some of the barriers that you see in your own life or that you uh you kind of see as you're talking to people that we have to kind of name and, and be aware of as we're thinking about engaging scripture because it's, it's it's one of those things that sounds simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the obvious ones of just busyness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so lack of time, um, lack yeah. of space. So yeah. I know, like, for a lot of uh, parents with young kids, yeah. trying to find a space 
um, an actual physical space to read or to right. listen to without noise, without distraction is difficult. All I have um, time for is a meme of truth, a <laughs> meme of true. scripture. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I think the plethora of options that you could do. I mean, you mentioned the Bible on your phone. Yeah. Well, what's hard about that is like when you pick up your phone and you're reading the Bible on your phone. I'm getting push notifications. Right, yeah. getting notifications <laughs> about everything else under the sun. Right, yeah. That you could be looking at and reading and, and watching. And so just it seems like in my own life, um, the scriptures become another option mm-hmm. for information consumption. Right. Yeah, that's real. My chosen news source <laughs> of the day. Yeah, right. It's really old news. Yeah. I think another one that um, is not even so much a, a, maybe it's a cultural expectation a little bit, but um, is just the expectation that every time I come to the scriptures, it has to be amazing. Yeah. Like I have the heavens have to open and I, like the angels have to be singing and something amazing has to be happening. And the fact is that if we are coming and hearing the word of God, there is actually something amazing happening. There is actually something supernatural happening, but it it feels very natural. It feels very ordinary. And I think sometimes when when you've come to the scriptures and you just show up over and over and over again, and it's it's like, okay, I, I might have experienced something, but I'm not experiencing this apocalyptic kind of vision or this amazing uh in the moment, life-altering experience. I think a lot of times disillusionment yeah. sets in, yeah. and it, it's hard. It, it's hard in those moments to actually live by faith, and to in, in the fact that God's Spirit is taking His Word and is shaping you into the likeness of Jesus, and you are actually encountering God in the midst of something that feels very ordinary. Just like every relationship, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. You spend time <clears throat> talking to people. There's these yeah. very ordinary conversations. Right. That, accumulate over time and, and build a sense of closeness and intimacy right. and, and really trust. I mean, I think that's one of the things we're trying to get mm-hmm. out with this series, which is why we, the lead in word here is trusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's something inside of us that doesn't trust the heart of God that, uh, I mean, obviously it's part of our human nature going back to the garden that we, we don't trust the words of God. We don't trust the promises of God to be enough for us. Yeah. But I think also we have formative experiences with authority figures, with, uh, with intimacy, with, uh, we have enough brokenness around that as well to not, uh, want to naturally give ourselves to feeling like, uh, scripture is a safe place for us to really encounter something transformative. Yeah. I think another, you know, thing, which I already mentioned a little bit is people struggle to engage. I struggle to engage a lot of times if I just don't understand exactly the context of what's going on, like mm. understanding the meta narrative of what are all 66, I mean, all 66 books of scripture are really saying one big story. They're all dropping you in, but they're dropping in in different genres and different ways. And I mean, I remember I was hugely like opened up to the ideas of Isaiah when someone finally came along with uh, Dr. Tim Mackey, like he just, you know, came along with the Bible project and said, hey, hey you should think of Isaiah is a jazz song and it's like there's three or four themes that just keep getting picked up and, and changed and like playing off and now the horn section's taking it and now the rhythm section's taking it and it's just continuing to bounce around like jazz versus like the didactic argument of Romans that Paul's making that just lays out like a law. I mean, that was studied in, in law schools for like, this is a way to make a didactic argument and, and to assume your opponent's question and answer it for them. 
And, and then, so yeah, it's like, you know, you get to like a, a Bible reading plan and then you like get to the day of like, oh, it's a genealogy. Like, awesome. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's either the awesome, like, this is gonna be horrible because I'm going to legalistically read every name or I'm going to just not read a word, you know, because like, I don't really have to, I'm just going to skip that page. So no reading time today, you know, and everything. And I get done with it in a second, uh, by scanning over no baby names I like. And, uh, and so there's that side of it. And there's also, uh, the side of, I guess, so yeah, like not really knowing what to do with it. And then also I think only getting woodenly tied down to, should I just read it every day versus like seeing how the church throughout time and space and history have used the scriptures to form themselves in tons of different ways. I talk to a lot of guys or, or, or women that are just like, you know, I'm just like really dry in the scriptures right now. I'm just, you, know, you continue to slog through a plan and that's good. There can be a, a, a good long obedience in the same direction to just getting up and reading and having, not expecting the miraculous moment every time and, and not worrying, like letting it be ordinary. But there's also a time where I look at them and say, like, well, like, what are you doing with the scriptures? Like, is it like, have you ever like looked at these other traditional practices that the church is engaged with, too, uh, like uh, like lectio divina, or like just you know meditation on a, on a verse, or or your memorization, and just sitting for six months in one book and just letting it seep into your bones deeply. Um, that might speak to you and maybe less of your didactic types and more of your creative types or, or things like that, which I'm excited to get into in the series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a quick overview of the series. Uh, we're going to be preaching four messages on this. Um, the first one is on scripture as the true story of the world and talking about <clears throat> this is kind of the why, how scripture is reality and that we are uh, being invited into true reality as we engage scripture, uh, kind of countering what we've talked about, the the uh, deceptive ideas that play to disordered desires that distort our reality. Scripture restores reality for us because it's God's world and his truth. Uh, we're going to go through the story of scripture from Genesis to Revelation and kind of give a high level, like here's the, here's the big narrative, here's the big story and how that intersects with our story as human beings. Uh, we're going to talk about how to listen and hear and respond to scripture. I think that's important as we think about um, how we engage scripture we we just need to hear it we need to listen and we need to get it into our bones and that comes through repeated hearing and putting ourselves under the word uh, and then the last piece engaging god with scripture the last uh sermon there or one of the sermons there at the end will be on how do we actually engage scripture contemplative from a you know contemplative standpoint or uh, just more than reading not less than reading but more than reading how do we actually know god through the scriptures and encounter him in relationship and so that, those are kind of the themes, and then the four practices we'll be focusing on in our community life uh, will be uh, the study of Scripture, the memorization of Scripture, uh, the contemplative reading or engaging God through Scripture, and then listening and hearing the Word together. And so those will be some of the things we'll be focusing on. So as you guys kind of think about those, um, what, what I guess, what's kind of your hope for uh, outcomes for this, for people in our church? You know, you've got people that are uh, business owners. You've got, again, we mentioned stay-at-home moms, college students, grad students, people doing medical residencies, people that are in marketing. And so, I mean, just thinking about kind of the ordinary, normal people in our church, what's our hope in terms of the kind of culture we'd like to see come out of this series and some of the, some of the things that we'd like to see change or maybe amplified in kind of a culture that takes the practice of engaging scripture, engaging God through scripture seriously? What are some of those things that you'd like to see in terms of how this transforms our missional communities, discipleship groups, 
individuals within our church. Yeah, go for it. You shared a little bit of your story earlier, and about five years ago, uh, I began to experience scripture in a different way, largely due to the influence of Eugene Peterson and mm. just how he wrote about the scriptures. And he wrote in a way that I had not heard and I had not thought about before. And um, one of the things that has really stuck out to me and has <clears throat> helped me and is a hope that I have for our folks in our different congregations is to be able to see that the Bible, we always talk about the Bible being the living word of God. But what Peterson says is the Bible is actually livable. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they are words and language that God has given us for actual real life, mm -hmm. for actual real life in a real time and in a real place. Mm -hmm. And so my hope is that as we begin to, uh, you know, kind of get into at the beginning, the why behind the what and that people will begin to see these things and begin to see the scriptures differently. And then as we start to engage with these different practices, think again, to use uh, some language from Peterson, I I'm really praying that uh, our folks will be able to get the word of God in them. Mm -hmm. That, you know, kind of the eat this book mm -hmm. uh, mentality, that it's not just enough to learn it or study it or even use it as some kind of a tool for life, but that God's, what God's really getting after is that whole person transformation that when we read it, when we listen to it, when we pray it, when we meditate it on it, that it does something in us that God desires and it shapes us and it forms us. And so I'm just on a very basic level praying that, that that is what God will begin to do in our folks' lives as a result of this series. Yeah. I think I, when I think about this series, I want to see people do two things where, where they see scripture as too mysterious, make sure they understand they walk away that they realize actually some of this is knowable. And then where they take scripture as like too knowable and simplistic, they actually see it as a bit more mysterious. So like on those two sides, it's like, there's some, again, where I say like people like take scripture, I'm like, well, can I really get anything out of this? And what do these mean? And what are these names? Or what, are, like, it looks like God's getting all angry and killing people here. And, and they just like, because we failed engage or maybe we're too lazy or just don't have the tools or don't know where to start we see a lot of things of just like oh man i just can't get anything from scripture and and we don't know like some of the resources we have like that are on everyone's computer or phone like blue letter bible we're like i don't have to know greek and hebrew or speak it i can go and i can get the greek word and i can get the range of definitions in greek and i can get all the places in the scripture where it appears and see like well how would i interpret that word if i were like, given all these references and all this context clues and so help people see like you actually can through the spirit and with the right tools and context begin to start to engage and interpret like what is otherwise sometimes seen as just like oh that's too mysterious and too out there for me mm -hmm. uh but then on the other side of it then there we the other way that we take scripture is then we like just sanitize it and reduce it down here's three things you need to know from this text about your marriage or about you know dating or about you know parenting or about getting a ahead in the workplace or you know taking David and Goliath and it's going to be ultimately about how you face the giants in your life and 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 there I wanted like people to actually when they sit down and try to interpret and they try to read realize man some of this stuff is like 
yeah, there's lots. There's so much from the Bible that we know about God. And we know everything that we need in order to engage him and, and, and understand salvation and, and understand the story, the meta story of the world and, and Jesus. But there's so much that we're still having to wrestle and turn over. I think about a story that I read about J.J. Abrams where he was doing an interview and he said, like, I just love the concept of starting my writing with the idea of a mystery box. Like you see it in a lot of his stories where like, you know, kids will just stumble upon a box and it's a mystery and the whole movie jumps off of that. It's a mystery box. And uh, the writer was taking that interview and saying like, I think about that when I sit down with scripture, like there's sometimes I sit down and like, what if I looked at this is not like, well, I'm just going to chop this up into a bunch of readable memes, but like, this is actually like a mystery box that is looking to engage with me about the story of reality and the God revealing himself as much as he can in the small thimble of the ocean that he can get into our minds of who he is and, and open our minds to a lot more awe and mystery in it too. I feel like I got a, a little glimpse uh, even this morning uh, of what I'm hoping happens in our community. Got, got together uh, for breakfast with, with a member of our church and just talking about just different things, different struggles that, that we're walking through and just kind of organically in the midst of the conversation, what came up was Here's what, here's what I'm reading in the scriptures, and here's what God is, is speaking to me in the scriptures. Not just, here's the answer for you from the Bible, not just, here's the way you need to think or what you need to do in light of the Bible, but, but I'm hearing the voice of my Father who loves me, and this is what yeah. he's teaching me in the Word. And so I was sharing with him, I've been, I've been soaking in Psalm 103, and there's this one phrase in Psalm 103 that is just wrecking me recently. And the scriptures say, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And I've just been soaking in that, thinking about my own kids, thinking about the, the, the visceral connection that I have to them. That word compassion is a visceral word of, of love and connection and care and, um, and, and just realizing as much as I feel that to my own kids, my father loves me more than that and that he he feels that visceral connection to me whether i'm walking through the good times and and he's he's rejoicing in that or even as i'm walking through the hard times even though these things are part of his plan and part of his 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 work in my life he still identifies with me and he still cares for me. And we just, we just sat for a while. We just talked about that in our own lives and chewed on that and what that meant to us, that the Lord is a compassionate father who loves us more than any earthly father ever could. And that's my hope. My hope is that, is that we begin to, to be people who, like you said, Bobby, eat this book and that it becomes real to us and it becomes a thing that gives us identity and gives us hope and that we hear it as the words of a loving father. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's good. I think same thing, very similarly. My hope is just to see this transform uh, our conversations. Um, I think this morning I was reading about uh, just, you know, bless the Lord, mm. um, you know, bless the Lord of my soul, bless the Lord who, you know, forget not his benefits, mm. the one who uh, forgives your iniquities, the one who uh, for, uh, heals your infirmities. Mm-hmm. And, and he just goes on to list like all of these things that God has done and just seeing a culture of blessing the Lord together that we'd be talking about this, that we'd be delighting in it together yeah. and that it would transform our conversations from conversations just about 
gentrification and home renovations and kind of the, the mundane things of life, which are part of life in this world, but seeing those caught up into the story of God and, and being able to bless God in the midst of these and speak scripture and sing scripture and listen to scripture together. Um, I, I hope that that kind of culture continues to grow here. So I'm going to see it, but I want to see more of that, um, just readily available on our tongues as we're remembering the good things that God's done, not only here and now in this moment, but also, uh, historically and what we're anticipating in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's right. That's good. Um, did you want to say something yeah, last while reading it? We probably need to wrap this totally, up. Totally. Yeah. I was thinking on that too, like in that, and not like creating a culture where people are just like platitudinously throwing out verses and everyone and, and just, you know, like disconnected, but like what you're talking about there, just like, there's like this robustness of like, it feels like our lives have been worn in the same direction that scripture is worn into the reality. And that like, we almost are like starting to, interpret our realities through scripture versus just like, well, have you cast your cares in the Lord today? You know, and just like, you know, drive by, like, here's a truth of like, how you're not like, like measuring up, but rather like the sense of like, Hey, let me encourage you with this because I was just reading this and I'm just Mm -hmm. like, this is blowing my mind. And I think this has the the ability to, to maybe encourage you in this moment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, again, these uh, resources that we're producing uh, on our website, so many.com, if you go to the spiritual formation page, we'll be unlocking the, uh, you see the Sabbath way of life. We've got prayer and now scripture. We'll be unlocking resources, practice guides, stories, hopefully blog posts and things. Um, so all that'll drop on the 23rd of June or after the 23rd of June. And I want to encourage you guys to dig into that. Get, a, get your spiritual formation plan back out. We'll hopefully be printing more of those out for you, uh, Sunday gatherings and making those available. But we want you to engage with this. And that's our hope is that this podcast can begin to uh, stir up a sense of excitement and enthusiasm about this series. And so we're excited for this. Um, we hope that this has been helpful. And we look yeah. forward to uh, kicking us off June 23rd.